you to have your own personal relationship with God. Um, that's my number one goal, <clears throat> is for you to have a relationship with God apart from me, apart from this church, and um, just on your own. That's what the new covenant has given to us. That's what the new covenant has promised us. Far too many times people have tried to have their relationship with God through a pastor or minister. Uh, God has something way better for you than that. I mean, you know, we all brought Jesus in here with us this morning, amen? And, and he's on the inside of you. And the only reason that we're even having church is that we brought him in here with us, amen? And so, you know, the number one thing is to have your own personal relationship with God. And then the next thing that I'm called to do is to let you know that, that how many know everyone in this room is a minister, right? I'm not just a minister because I'm up here with the mic on. We're all ministers, <clears throat> and we are ministers of reconciliation. How many know we have good news for the whole world? Amen. The whole world, we have good news. What's our good news? Our good news is God's not mad at you. God loves you. Jesus will save you. Amen. And um, we're, we're, we're called to pour that love out wherever we go. And uh, man, that's, that's an awesome thing. Amen. I mean, you know, there's nobody in this room that's any better than anybody else. There's nobody in this room that has more of God than anybody else. We're all carrying the same Jesus. And um, it's good news. And so we're all called to minister, right? Um, and then the next thing that really I'm called to do is to try to um, empower your life with wisdom so that your life is better and so that you can win in life. Because how many know life is a challenge? And uh, there's plenty of challenges out there. But how many know God, God knows the correct path? He knows how to overcome. And this thing that I've been talking about these past couple of weeks, <clears throat> this is something that I, this is going to really help you um, to understand yourself and to understand who God is and understand the world that you're living in. And this, this revelation or this truth is something that I've had established in my life for a long time, and I'm really grateful for that. And, um, but without this understanding, it can, it can be difficult to, under, to, to really comprehend a lot of different things. And I think I used this last week. Does anybody have a pair of sunglasses in here anywhere? Hey Amen. You got some? Cool. I feel like this is the best way to, 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 to share this. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So, oh, man, I have, I have a large head. <laughs> how much do you like these? You know what I'm saying? Let's see how close we are. <clears throat> I, I think I might jack these up, man. Anybody, anybody with a bigger head around here? Dan, you got a big head. Come here, man. Let me see yours. Dan's like, man. <laughs> me and Dan are big-headed fellows, man. <laughs> you know what they say about people with big heads, right? Big brains. Amen. They did a study one time in USA Today. I clipped it out and posted it on my fridge so my wife could read it. How <laughs> I many know that when I put these on, that it, I can't see nothing? That's exactly right. You're right. I'm like, dang. All right, let's all gather around Dan and pray right now. <laughs> because, no, I'm just kidding, bro. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but like, when I put these on, how I many know that it, 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 it affects the way I see everything? Because the way I see is impacted, and everything I see comes through this lens. Truth is the exact same way. I mean, when you bring a truth into your life, not just into your head, but you bring that truth into your life, how I many of it changes the way you see the world around you? It changes the way you see everything. And so God's intention is not just to fill your head full of knowledge so that you have Bible trivia information. How I many of God wants day dawn, day star light to shine out of you so it changes the way you see the world? And that's the purpose of Scripture, and that's the purpose of truth, not to just bring you to a place where you have a head knowledge, but we want to we this morning change the way your Monday looks like and change the way your Tuesday looks like. 
Because how I many you know when you, when you have truth and you see clearly, how I many you know you find out that we're on the winning team? The world would try to, try to put us in a position to make you feel like as a Christian that you're, that you're not on the winning team and Christianity's dying and, and you know, and, and, uh, you know and, and they're anti-Christ and they're persecuting us. And I mean, you, you see the serpent everywhere these days. Like, it's astonishing. Like, I have to keep an eye on uh, every cartoon that my kids watch. I have to make sure I watch it first because they're always taking shots. And so the spirit of Antichrist is in the world and he's taking shots and it would seem as though we're not on the winning team, but how many of y'all that's not true? How many of y'all this world passes away, and there's a new heavens, and there's a new earth, and there'll be no more crying, no more tears, no more depression, no more death. Can I get a praise God for no more death? The day is going to come when death dies, and there'll never be death again, right? These are all truths. But if, if, if we don't have that truth in the forefront of our minds, that we can get caught up with the current of this world, we can get depressed, we can get sad, we can, we can live angry and offended. And if we're doing that, it's because we're not seeing clearly and we're actually allowing the lies of this world to impact us more than the truth of what God has to say. Y'all tracking me here? And so when truth comes, it comes to change the way you see the world around you. Amen? Everybody tracking me here? So uh, thank you, Dan. My fellow big-headed brother, amen? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and so this truth really helped me big time to understand a lot of things in Scripture. And when you get a hold of this, it's really going to help you out. So we're going to do a little bit of review, then we're going to step into what God has for us today. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we find out here that we're a three-part being. We're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. God is a triune God. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we, are, we have three parts as well. And if you don't understand that you have three parts, it can be difficult for you to understand the righteousness, which is a faith. It can be difficult for us to understand how faith operates, how the world operates. But when you bring this into your understanding, then it's going to make your entire life easier. And you know, this is, this is kind of the example that I used last week. Um, I think it makes it really clear. Your, your spirit is what got born again when you got saved. Your spirit is what got everlasting life. I mean, you know, when I got born again at 19 years old, the second, the second later I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I, I received eternal life in my spirit. I was spiritually dead, and I became as spiritually alive, and I actually became perfectly united to the Lord, like perfectly united to the Lord. And because the Bible says that we're, of, we're now of one spirit. And so, and I had eternal life on the inside of me. All of those things were finished. But how many of you know, I still look the same. I was Caucasian before I got saved. I was Caucasian after I got saved. And I still, I still, I actually still thought like a drug addict. I still thought like the person that I was. But my spirit had been born again. And so now the incorruptible seed of the word of God has been sown down on the inside of me. I have a piece of heaven inside of me, right? And so now God is looking to renew my mind. So that the greatness of Christ inside of me 
can get to the outside of me. 20 plus years later, I don't walk or look or act anything like I did when I first got saved. Like I'm a radically different person. You know, I'm back in my own hometown now and I see people that I used to party with all the time and get to minister to them and stuff like that. And people can take one look at me and know the person I was died. And, and the reason being is the down payment of the Spirit was made, but the truth of the Scriptures have been washing my mind for the past 20 years, and now I'm manifesting some Jesus in my life. Now, do I manifest Jesus perfectly? Not at all. In fact, I had a great opportunity to not manifest Jesus last night at my son's high school soccer game. I got totally redneck, and I'm a little bit hoarse today because I was mad. <laughs> But I don't feel bad about it. God still loves me, and, um, and I'm praying for the rest. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, praise God. <laughs> praying for the rest, man. Praying, I had to cast down. I'm like, you know, I don't even want to go into it. <laughs> Nothing will test your salvation like high school sports. <laughs> Can I get an amen? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, ah! Anyway, praise God. But point being, um, A, God still loves me. A, I'm still forgiven. Did I cuss anybody out? No. Did I beat anybody up? No. I was a good boy. Definitely thought about it. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, but, but so I'm not, you're not perfect in your soul, in your mind, will, and emotions, and you're not perfect in your behavior, but in your spirit, you're perfect. And you're eternally perfect. And we took a look in the scriptures how your spirit has actually been sealed by the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That means once you're born again, sin can't get in your spirit. Your spirit is vacuum packed. You know, and the, the example we use is canning. You know, you do a lot of canning and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, the, the importance of that seal on the can is whether the things inside are going to stay good or not. And, and, you know, if you get a good, good seal on the can, then everything in is going to stay good. How I many of oh, God has sealed your salvation? Man, it's been sealed. And it's not been sealed by something weak, it's not been sealed by, by man's hands or even your hands. How I many of oh, it's been sealed by Almighty God? And that is, that, is, that is literally like the best news in the world. Let, let's look at that real quick because I feel like we need to take a look at that. Let's go to Ephesians um, chapter 1. And I just want to look at that in the Scripture because we're just going to review here for a little bit. But when you start understanding that your spirit, soul, and body, it'll help you to understand so many different things in your life. And it's also going to help you to understand yourself better. But one of the, the, the first things that it really brings into your life is a sense of security in your identity, right? Because, you know, there are whole sections of Christianity that think that they can lose their salvation. They think that, you know, God's going to cast them out. And they live their daily lives just walking this tightrope of perfect conduct that as long as they do everything right, that God still loves them and they're still saved. And if they make a mistake, then all of a sudden that they're, they're kicked out of the family and they lose their salvation. And uh, Scripture doesn't bear witness to that. Um, that may be a great motivator to try to get people to act right, but how many know if you try to scare someone into a relationship, your relationship's not going to be very deep? You know, we were talking about intimacy a lot uh, earlier today by, by the Spirit of God. But how many know there's no intimacy when you're scared that someone's going to reject you? And, and God has better things for you than this cut-and-paste Christianity where you're living like this surface relationship and you're constantly afraid you're going to lose your salvation. No, it's God has better things for that. See, God knew that if we could mess it up, we would. So he made it so we couldn't mess it up. 
Anyway, let's look at it in Scripture. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance or the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So the, the, the down payment of your salvation was you being born again in spirit. How many of the day is going to come when you get a redeemed body? You're going to get a redeemed body. You're going to have the same type of body he, Jesus had after his resurrection. How many of Jesus could... After his resurrection, how I many he could walk through walls? How I many he could also have breakfast? He could do both. And so you have a redeemed body that's coming, but how I many know right now your body's not redeemed? How I many know right now your, your flesh can do dumb stuff? And, 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 and your flesh can want to do dumb stuff. And you have to know that if you have a time when you're in the flesh... Anybody ever been in the flesh as a Christian? <laughs> yeah, I shared my story uh, yesterday, right? Uh, and so, like, as a Christian, how I many you know you're not going to be perfect in conduct? It doesn't bear out in Scripture. Your conduct's going to be up and down, okay? You're going to have times when you are in the Spirit, and you're going to have times when you're in, in the flesh. And so there's a part of you that's not redeemed, that is really just trying to kill itself. How many of you know the flesh left unchecked will destroy itself with food, with sleep, with sex, with materialism? The flesh, there, there is still, uh, there's still a part of you that's not been redeemed. How many know if all of you got redeemed, then we'd never sin again? That'd be great if it was like that but it's actually not. There's a third of you that's saved, right? Now, when Jesus returns, you'll get a brand new body in this twinkling of an eye or um, go to heaven and get a brand new body, right? Uh, but you're getting a brand new body and then your soul, your soul is gonna be uh, redeemed with truth. How many you know that's what we're doing right now? We're actually redeeming our souls with truth. We're washing our minds with the water of the word. And, um, and the more that you wash your mind with the washing of the water of the word, the more that what's in your spirit can shine through. What we're trying to do is we're trying to line your mind up with the mind of God. We're trying to line your, your soul up with your spirit so that Jesus can manifest around you. That's why we come to church. A part of the reason that we come to church, a part of the reason we hear the word of God is how many of your mind needs serviced? Just like your windshield needs washed. I mean, you don't wash your windshield one time and a bug never hits it again. See, you live in a world that's constantly shooting bugs at your head. And, and, and I feel like in the day and age we're living in, in, the information age, it's more intense and it's worse. Because, man, in your phone, your phone is connected to the entire world. And in a moment's time, you can, you can have anything. How I many of the enemy takes the, his best shots in the entertainment industry and the media? And so there's always, the, the untruths are coming to your mind all the time. Untruths about God, untruths about yourself. How I many of you, one of the things the enemy wants you to do is to compare yourself with other people. And if you feel like you measure up, then now you can be happy. How I many of you, you're not called to compare yourself with anybody else. Can I get an amen? 
And if you're looking at trying to get happy by comparing yourself to other people, that's the spirit of this world. That's covetousness, and it does not work. How many of your satisfaction is in Jesus Christ in no place else? And so we have to bring in some truth to wash our minds to, so that our spirits can shine through. But so there is the down payment is in your spirit, but it says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It says you, you are sealed, sealed. That word sealed, I mean, it literally means there's a seal on there that cannot be broken. So when you get born again, God seals you up and you're preserved. So when, you're by, when you are mad at the refs, you're still saved. Can I get an amen? When you're not mad at the refs, you're still saved. When you eat all the cookies, you're still saved. Can I get an amen? It's the truth. This is the reality. Now, me telling you this does not, get, does not give your flesh permission to go out and act like an idiot. How many know that if you act like an idiot, you're going to get an idiot's results? Right? Had, had I beaten up a ref yesterday, I'd have been on the evening news, and none of you probably would have wanted to hear me preach. <laughs> because oh, Jeremiah went off and he, he finally beat a ref up. <laughs> finally, yeah. But, but how many know God loves me? And God's going to chill me out. And I was never, I've never wanted to beat the ref up. I didn't. That, that never crossed my mind. Not actual violence. Not actual violence. I just wanted to sit down and talk to them. <laughs> and look into their eyes. And threaten them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not true. No, we had, I don't even get it. We had so many kids that were injured. We had kids that went to the hospital. We had a kid that broke his collarbone last night. A kid that chipped his tooth. The refs, yeah, kid, kid broke his total tooth off. The rest had total, no control of the game, and kids were getting hurt. And so that's one of the reasons I was so upset. It wasn't about who won or lost. It was that kids were getting hurt. There were, there were two kids that had to go to the hospital. The rest didn't have control of the game. Yeah, and it wasn't even football. It was just soccer, man. So anyway, praise God. Um, but even when we're missing it, you're still hitting the mark because of Jesus. Y'all tracking me here? And see, and, and, that, that, and what that does is it brings a peace into your heart and into your life where actually you can actually walk better when you know not, God's not going to reject you. You can walk better when you know God's not going to reject you. And, I, and I'll lay it out to you like this, and I shared it last week, but if I take a two-by-four and I sit it on the ground here, it's pretty easy for me to walk on it, you know? But if I take that same two-by-four and I put it 200 feet in the air, I mean, it gets harder to walk on it. It's the same skill, but now I'm a very afraid of failure. And God wants to remove the fear of failure out of your life concerning your relationship with him. He wants you to know that when you fail, he's right there to catch you. When you fall, he's right there to catch you. And see, that doesn't cause you to want to live a life walking off the two by four, or walking away from God. That actually causes you to fall in love with him. Because you know that he made it so good that you couldn't mess it up. And once, once I started to realize this and get this into my life, I actually started actually loving God. Like I spent many years of my life saying I loved God and I love you, God, and all of these things, but it was all surface. Now I actually love God. Like I really do. And then not, not, because, of, not because I'm awesome, but because he's, he, I, I've had my, he's been rescuing me my whole life. And like I have a genuine affection for him. Now, because of how much he's loved me. Y'all tracking me here? And so God wants to remove that sense of failure in the sense that he's going to kick you out. 
He's not. And, you know, and I want to drive this point home a little bit more. How many of you know there's nothing that Ethan, my 17-year-old, it's his birthday today, how many of you know there's nothing he can do to stop being my son? He can change, you know, he could, he could shave his head, he could change his clothes, he could move, he could do a million different things outwardly, but how many of you know his DNA is locked in? He's a Johnson all of his days. If my human seed is strong enough to preserve his identity as my child, how much more the incorruptible seed of the word of God is able to keep you a child of God? If my human seed's that strong, how much stronger is God's seed? Y'all tracking me here? And so, but, so your salvation is a solid thing, but your soul, your spirit is joined as one spirit to the Lord, but your soul can be going crazy and your body can be going crazy, but your spirit's anchored. And when someone's soul and body's going crazy, you know, how many of there's all kinds of people who've walked away from God because they think that they've messed things up and they think God's mad at them? I mean, that's not true, but that's what they think and that's what they've been taught. How many of all that person needs to hear is the gospel? They just need to get reminded that the cross was a success. They need to get reminded that God loves them. They don't need a bunch of condemnation and, and legalism uh, heaped upon them. How many of Christ's still in there? All you got to do is stir, him, stir up what's on the inside of an individual by the declaration of the good news. How many of the prodigal son, when he left, he didn't stop being a son? Now, he forgot that he was a son. And he came back trying to be a servant. And his daddy was like, no, you're not going to work for me. You're my kid. So bring all the good stuff and put it on him. Let him remember, you don't work for me. You still have an inheritance. How many of you it's the same way with our God? You don't earn anything from God. It's all a gift. Amen? And so we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, we, we, we went a step further in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 9. And... Um, I'll read it to you here real quick. It says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's been born of God. It's like, what? What do you mean you can't sin? What are you talking about here? And then you go on down into verse 4, and he says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take our way our sins. In him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. So what is this talking about over here in 1 John? How many of y'all sinned after you were saved? Every Christian on earth. Nobody gets saved and then floats through life perfect. Nobody. What's he talking about here? He's talking about in your spirit. Once you've been born again, there's no sin that can enter into your spirit any longer because your spirit has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. You cannot sin in spirit. Now, you can sin in your mind. You can sin in your flesh. You cannot sin in your spirit because God has sealed it. I know I'm saying this over and over and over again, but the reason I'm saying it over and over and over again is we need to hear it over and over and over and over again. Because, see, you can't understand that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus until you understand it's your spirit that's been made righteous. Because people think, well, how can I be right with God when I'm doing wrong things? How can I be right with God when I'm making this mistake or thinking this or whatever? The reason that you can be right with God is because God has done that work in your spirit. And what it is, that spirit, God's got his anchor inside of you. You ever had a period of your life when you were doing dumb stuff? But, 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 but how many of God won't leave you alone? You ever notice that? What's he doing? He's like, come on back home. 
He's like, you know, he's, he's pulling you. I mean, even after I got saved, man, I got saved in a little Baptist church, and I went to that church for like three months, and I went right back to the lifestyle that I came out of. But how many know now I'm trying to sin when I got Christ in me? And it was hard. I finally gave up. I could not continue in that lifestyle. Why? Because it wasn't my environment anymore. It wasn't my home anymore. Christ was in me. And it's the same way. I don't care how far, I don't care how much you roll around in the pig pen. I don't care how much pig slop you get on you. Once you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, he's in there and he's never going to leave you. Now, legalism will try to try to strengthen sin and push you and say that you're not saved and you're bad and you're this and you're that and all of these types of things and it's not true. If someone is in a place of identity crisis and they're not acting in line with who they are in Christ, they need a fresh reminder of the success of the cross. Jesus did a better job on the cross than anybody you know can sin. That reality will actually snap somebody up. They'll awake to righteousness in their soul and then sin will start to lose dominion over their lives because their spirit man will be out front, not their soul, not their flesh. Amen? Isn't it good news? See, he did this so we couldn't mess it up. Because once again, if we could mess it up, we would. And so now let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Did a little bit of review here this morning, and we'll step into what God has for us today. You know, I spent a good portion of my life trying to get blessed. I spent a good portion of my life chasing after blessing and trying to have faith, and we were always trying to get the, you know, get the hundredfold blessing, get the double, the, the double portion blessing, Elijah blessing, Elisha blessing, you know, just blah, 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 and I was always trying to get something, and I've come to find out that that approach is entirely wrong. That's not the way the kingdom operates. How I many you know you don't, when you got Jesus, you got it all. And you can't get more of Jesus. And I know that really, you know, like people say, well, I just need a, you know, the, the double portion Elisha blessing. Elisha is not as blessed as you are. Elisha was not born again. So like you, Elisha, now certainly we can learn things from the scriptures and we can learn things from the prophets and all of those things, but Jesus said the least in the kingdom. John the Baptist was the last one. And the least of the kingdom is greater than all the law and the prophets. Why? Because now, how many know you're not going to a temple to try to worship God? How many know now you are the temple? Christ is inside of you. So you are blessed. You're not trying to chase a blessing. You're not trying to chase an anointing. How I many know when you try to chase a blessing and chase an anointing, you know what ends up getting, starts happening? is man worship. Yep. People start to worship people. Yep. And Jesus didn't come and die so you could worship a man or woman of God. A man or woman of God does not have more of Jesus than you have. Now, they might have more experience. They may have uh, more wisdom in terms of, you know, understanding the scriptures. They may have a different gift than you have, but they don't have more of Jesus than you have. Old Testament was different. They, there were only three groups of people that were anointed in the Old Covenant, the prophet, the priest, and the king. They were anointed. They spoke for God, <clears throat> and they spoke for, the, the priest spoke uh, 
to the, from, for the people to God. But how many know under the new covenant, all that's changed? It's important to understand. There's no longer a middleman. Once, and I said this earlier, but how many know you brought God in here with you when you came? Amen. And so you're not trying to chase after a blessing or get a blessing. Let's look at the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Do y'all see the tense on that? That's a past tense statement. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with what? Every. Now, how many know in the Greek, every means every. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, where? In Christ. When you stepped into Christ, you got all the blessing. You have it all. How many know you don't need to order holy water off the internet to get healing? You don't need to order, you don't need to buy somebody's prayer cloth. You don't need to, you don't need anything but Jesus. And according to the scripture, when you receive Jesus, you received every spiritual blessing. So you are already blessed. You're not trying to get blessed, you are blessed. You say, well, Jeremiah, why am I not experiencing the blessing that it's talking about? How many of y'all are, are experiencing the blessing of the Lord in some areas of your life? Everybody. How many of y'all, there are some areas of your life where you like to see a little more blessing in the Lord? Everybody. We have places where we're manifesting some things, we have places where we're not. So you have to understand <coughs> that you've been, can we turn that fan off? You have to understand that um, we are blessed in our spirit. Your spirit has been born again. Your spirit has ever heavenly blessing in Christ Jesus. It's a done deal in your spirit. But how many know in order for you to experience it on the outside, it's got to pass through your soul. It's got to, it's got to pass through your mind. How many know you have to renew your mind to the truth of what you already have? You have to renew your mind to the truth of what you already have. You have to renew your mind to the truth of what you already have. You have to renew your mind to the truth of what you already have. I mean, if you don't think you have it, if you're trying to seek after something that you already have, you're going to be very frustrated. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Anybody ever lost their sunglasses before or their glasses and it was on their head? I mean, you frantically search. I mean, you can look hard for something you already have, and you're not going to find it because you already have it. Y'all, everybody understand what I'm saying here? So if you're trying to get something you already have, then you're going to be frustrated, and God's not going to be able to do much for you because you already have it. Everybody understand? This is a little bit of a paradigm shift, but this paradigm shifted in me maybe six months ago, and I really started to like bring this into my life, and now it's like I'm wearing it now. It's changed the way I pray. It's changed everything about my life, and I'm actually seeing more manifestation of God's blessing in my life than I have before because I'm not trying to get something. I already have it. And so I'm renewing my mind to the fact that I already have it rather than me trying to get it. It's a total different thing. How many know that it's easier to fight from victory 
than it is to fight for victory. Even in a military sense, it's, it's harder to take a hill than it is to defend a hill. If you're trying to take a, t- a hill from a military sense, it may take hundreds of troops, <clears throat> but you can defend that position with a handful of troops. And what you have to understand is that when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, how I many know you've already been placed in the victory circle? You're already in the finish. How I many know you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? You already have it in your spirit. Amen? How I many know your spirit is healthy and strong? Amen? I mean, according to Scripture, and we, we may turn there, how I many as Jesus is, so are we in this world, according to 1 John chapter 4? How I many as Jesus is, so are we? How I many Jesus is not sick? Right? And how I many in your spirit, you are whole? But how I many know in order to get what's inside of you on the outside of you, it's got to pass through your soul, it's got to pass through your mind. And in order for us to manifest what we've already been given, we have to have the, our minds renewed to the truth so that what's in our spirits can be manifested on the outside of us. How I many you know you already have peace? How I many you're not trying to get peace? How I many of Jesus said that he's given you his peace? Amen. If you're born again, you have the peace of God on the inside of you. But how I many know we're not always operating in that peace in our souls? Sometimes we can be anxious. Sometimes we can be freaked out. What's happening? Well, we're, we're trying to... Scra- the, the, what happens is the truth comes in, and what the truth does is it lines your soul and spirit up so that what's in the inside of you can start to shine out of you, whether that be healing or that be peace or wisdom or love. How many know there's no one in this room that has more love than somebody else? The same love of God's been shed abroad in all of our hearts. And how many of God wants to manifest that love out of you? How many of God wants to manifest that love out of you? He wants to manifest his joy out of you, his peace out of you. It's only going to happen as we embrace truth in our minds. But when you start to realize that you're not trying to get something, that you already have something, it changes the dynamic of your faith and the way that you operate and you function in this world. Let's say, for example, Brian, I'm going to give you my bottle of water. I think this helps to understand. Now, I've given Brian my bottle of water. Now, ask me for a bottle of water. How many know that's awkward? Now, ask me over and over again. How many know that's frustrating because he already has what I've given him? But if he's just asking me for something he already has, I don't have much to say to him. How many of us are asking God for something that we already have? And so God's like, <laughs> and then there he has it in his possession, but he doesn't know he has it. And so God can't give it to him because God's already gave it to him. Blessed with every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing. So what needs to happen is he needs to renew his mind to the fact that he already has it. And then he can actually enjoy it. I mean, that's a game changer. That actually changes everything. And you know what it also does? Understanding this will remove legalism out of your relationship with God. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? 
<clears throat> because if you're approaching God from this legalistic perspective, God, you, you got to heal me. God, you got to heal me. You got you to provide for me. God, you got to heal me. And then you don't experience healing in your body. You know what it does? It makes you mad at God. It makes you mad at God, and then it also makes you think, well, I just need to do more so God will like me enough to heal me. I just got to try to get God to heal me. And so if you're trying to get God to heal you, you're asking for a bottle of water that you already have. You're healed in your spirit. You're healthy in your spirit. What, 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 the, what, what faith does is it agrees with the word of God. And I say what God says about me rather than me saying what I see or I feel. So when I make a mistake or when I'm, not, when I'm falling short, you know what I say? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, you apologize, you need to apologize to take care of what you need to take care of. But at the end of the day, I'm going to identify with the finished work of the cross. Can I get an amen? So when I'm agreeing with that, I'm agreeing with what's true in my spirit. And then my soul will line up, and as I believe right, I'll start to act right. As I believe who I am, I'll start to act the part. You know, I don't act like a drug addict anymore. You know why? Because I'm not one. And I stopped being a drug addict the moment I got saved. Now, I still did drugs for a couple years after I got saved. But once my mind, my soul finally caught up to the truth of what had happened in my spirit, the addiction fell off of my life. <coughs> Y'all tracking me here. And so if I'm legalistically, if I don't realize that I already have it and I'm already blessed, then it sets me on this performance stage for God where I'm trying to convince God with my faith to heal me. And I'm trying to speak it out enough to convince God to heal me. I'm trying to release enough actions of faith to get God to heal me. I'm trying to do enough good deeds to get God to heal me <clears throat> or get God to bless me or save my kids or save my family or, or whatever or give me peace. And what's happening is I'm actually frustrating the entire new covenant and I'm trying to earn something that's already been freely given to me the moment that I got saved. You know what's happening? I'm not experiencing. Every once in a while, the stars will align and I'll experience a little bit of blessing on the outside. But if we just realize that we already have it all and stop. See, when sickness tries to come against your body, sickness is trying to come on a healthy person. So you're not fighting to get healed. You're, you're kicking a lying symptom off of you because you already are healed because as he is, so are you in this world. It's such a paradigm shift, man. And, and see, and y'all just getting a little taste of it right now. Like, you're not going to be able to get this into your life in, in 20 minutes. If you really want this in your life, you're going to have to pursue this truth. You're going to have to hear it. You're going to have to hear it over and over and over again to start renewing your mind to it and study the scriptures to see whether these things be so. And bring it into your life so that, when you, so that you have the truth glasses on so that when, when the enemy tries to come against you, you know, just like when the enemy attacked me with depression about a year ago. It was a year ago because right this time last year is when I got COVID on Ethan's 16th birthday. I got COVID and, and brought it to the whole house, shut down Ethan's birthday, and had to be alone for a couple weeks. And um, 
And depression tried to come back into my life, like hardcore, gut-wrenching, life-destroying depression tried to come on this preacher of righteousness and grace. And the enemy, and it was bad. I can remember when I finally got out where I could go do something, I went to one of Ethan's soccer games, and the depression was on me so strong that I did not have enough confidence to even have a conversation with somebody. I couldn't even hardly look anybody in the eye. I couldn't even, I just sat by myself and felt very alone and very separated. And my, and my self-esteem was like bottom of the ground. And everything felt weird and everything felt off and I felt alone. Now, the people around me, they still liked me. They still cared about the other parents and stuff like that. <clears throat> but because that depression had attached itself to me, I mean, you know, I had the wrong glasses on and I was viewing the world through the wrong lens. And it actually brought me back to the place I was when I was a teenager and struggled with depression. What was happening? It was trying to kill me. Now, here's the thing. How many know that that depression that came on my soul and affected my actions, my body, how many know it was not true in my spirit? How many know my spirit has joy? Amen. Y'all spending time around me, I'm a joyful person. I'm happy. I'm a happy person. I used to not be. I used to be, I used to be depressed to the point where I had to be on all kinds of medication and stuff like that. But a lie was trying to put itself on my soul to keep my spirit from having expression of who I truly was. And how many know if I just would have embraced that lie and wrapped my arms around that lie and allowed that lie to become the lens that I look through, how many know I would have went straight back to depression and that's where I would have lived even though in my spirit I'm not depressed? But if in my mind I had embraced that as my identity, the enemy is always trying to get you to embrace a false reality is your identity. If I embrace, as a born-again person, if I went back to embracing an identity of being an addict, well, I'm just a drug addict, which is who I'll always be. I mean, if I start speaking that and believing that, I mean, that's what I display in my body. Even though in my spirit, that's not who I am. Y'all tracking me here. And so that reality, what was happening? The enemy was attacking me with lies. And so I had to make a decision to agree with the truth over how I felt, over the way I perceived the world. Was the way I felt very real? Yes. Was it very strong? Yes. It was crazy. It was an attack. How I many? There's an enemy. But I made a decision that I'm not going to agree with what I feel and what I think, and even what I'm experiencing. I'm going to agree... See, only the Scriptures will show you what's happening in the realm of the Spirit. The Scriptures are the doorway into the realm of the Spirit. The realm of the Spirit is where all the power is at. The Scripture is the only thing that will open the doorway and let you enter into the realm. How, how, how many of you got saved through Scripture? That's how you got born again. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Amen? And so I had to make a decision to lift up the truth of Scripture and so I started out of my mouth fighting this thing. No, 
I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Uh, in the Lord, I have righteousness and strength. And I just started agreeing with the truth of the Scriptures and re-embracing my true identity. And you know what happened? The depression broke in my soul. Come on now. The depression broke in my soul. It broke off of me. But it, it was not, because it was not who God created me to be. It's not what God created me to be. And so I say to you this morning, what has the enemy fooled you into believing about yourself? What has the enemy fooled you in believing about your children? How many of the enemy wants to make you afraid about your kids? Or about your spouse? Or about the country that you live in? Or about the way God feels about you? How I many you know we must agree with truth so that we can experience that truth in our lives? And man, that depression broke off of me, and it's gone, and it's been gone for over a year now. I mean, close to a year now, but it tried to take me. How many of you know temptation will try to come back in your life and take you? It'll try to take you back to being the person that you are. But no amount of temptation can change your nature. No amount of failure can change your nature. How many of you know you're a new creation in Christ Jesus? And the reality is, is you've already been blessed, but our part is to agree with what God says about us. That's our part, man. You're not trying to get blessed. You're just looking to agree. <clears throat> Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, please. A couple more places and we close. We're almost done here. But when I started realizing that I'm not pursuing something, I have something, it really changed everything. And it just changed my entire approach to everything. Because it's a whole lot easier to realize what you have than try to get something that you don't have. And when you realize you already have it, man, it removes all that legalism and it stops you from feeling bad towards God like you have to make him bless you or perform for him, and you just start realizing, I just got to make the proper connection here and renew in my mind. And if I can, just like when that depression broke off of my life, <clears throat> how many know God didn't send the depression? How many know it wasn't God's will that I'd be depressed? How many know it's God's will that you be joyful and happy? I'm writing a book right now on mental illness and, and you know, freedom from mental illness, and I'm actually writing that book as a result of this experience because I think a lot of people have went through some mental illness as a result of the lockdowns and stuff like that. And if you start going through the scripture, God wants you happy. Your happiness is important to God. The word blessed, you know what it means? It means to be happy. God wants you to be happy, <clears throat> but he knows that your happiness can't be found in things around you or external circumstances. Your happiness has got to be in him. How many know Jesus is the one that gives you life? Not a person, not a car, not a place, not a thing, not a paycheck. Jesus is what gives you life. That's kind of like the whole lesson of this whole life. <laughs> all things are created by him. All things are created for him. He's the center of everything. And when he's not in the center, man, and we start trying to get satisfied in other things, how I many know we can get miserable real quick? And there's a million things for us to get satisfied in other than him, but he's the only thing that actually works. And so that depression was not God's will for my life, and I took a stand against it, and it broke off. 
Because I already had joy. It's God's will for you to be happy. Over and over and over again in Scripture, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? But it's a past tense blessing. 1 Peter chapter 2 and in verse 24, it says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you what? It's a past tense. This is a past tense event all over again. It doesn't say by whose stripes you are healed. It says by whose stripes you were healed. Now, if you don't understand spirit, soul, and body, then what will happen is you're thinking, God says I'm healed, but clearly in my body, I'm not. Right? But when you understand spirit, soul, and body, you realize, how many know your spirit man is healthy and strong and happy? As Jesus is, so are you in this world. We're looking to manifest that resurrection life that's on the inside of us through our soul, our mind, and into our physical body. So that the same healing that we already have, that's been by his stripes we were healed, we can enjoy it in a present tense. Now, how many of y'all, there's some discomfort with that. Because you're going to be experiencing something with your five physical senses that's not true in your spirit. How many of y'all, that is the fight of faith? You know, just like Eli here recently, Eli had symptoms. And, uh, and man, we just hate it. I mean, it completely sucks to have your kids not feel well. I mean, you'd, you'd rather take it on to yourself a million times over than your kids not feeling well. And so, like, we're taking a stand against that. It's not God's will that he be sick. God didn't bring the sickness. How many know God very clearly in Scripture? How many know God is a healer? So we took, we, we stood for him to get better. We stood for his healing. We prayed over him. Now, here's the thing. This is what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to get mad at God because this is happening. It's not God's fault. Jesus provided healing. My, my part is to connect to what's already been provided. Sometimes I, we connect well. Sometimes we don't connect well. But I'm not going to receive condemnation on myself. And I'm also not going to put blame on God. Amen. I'm going to learn, just like my iPad. Like this morning, I got up that iPad, and I went in to go check it, and it, it was dead. Like dead, dead. I thought, oh, crap. You know, and so then I, so I'm trying to plug it in. I can't get it to plug in. So finally, I get it to where it plugs in and it's making connection. How many you know, I thought it was charging all day, but it was actually not connected. Is it the iPad's fault? No. Is it the cord's fault? No. Who messed up? Me. Am I going to feel condemnation? No. I'm just going to connect it and make it work. Can I get an amen? I mean, these are the, the, we have so many promises and we can access these promises, but it, it honestly, there's an element of renewing of our minds to the truth of what we already have. Not me trying to think that I'm trying to get God to heal me or get God to bless me. Look, you're as blessed as you're ever going to be. No person can, <laughs> you're as anointed, as anointed as you're ever going to be. People crack me up when they're talking about paying the price for the anointing and stuff like that. I'm like, Jesus wasn't enough. Like people are like, I paid the price. Like, who does that glorify? You. Well, aren't you awesome? You know? No, no, no. Jesus is the one that died and gave us the gifts. 
You only thing you add to that is your is believing it and receiving it. Because when you understand that, who's glorified? How many know Jesus is the one who's glorified? Even the gift that I'm operating right now, I didn't fast for this gift. I didn't pray for this gift. I didn't give for this gift. No, I was a drug addict, alcoholic, atheist trying to go to hell. And God saved me and gave me a gift that I did not earn and I did not deserve. And now that gift is for the purpose of actually serving people with and glorifying God with. Not so I can take credit for anything for myself. Y'all tracking me here on all of this? But this healing here, it's a past tense thing. And, and let, let's turn to 1 John. we got eight more minutes and we're going to close. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 4. And I, I've been quoting the scripture, but I just want to give, I'm going to want you to put your eyes onto it because it's so, there's, it's so powerful because it's going to help you understand. And I know I've said some things today that's probably challenged you a little bit, and that's okay. It's okay. And I, I encourage you to study these things out on your own and take a look at things on your own. How I many know that we're all learning and no one has arrived. And, and a part of learning is staying teachable and recognizing that we haven't got this thing totally figured out yet. And how I many know God's always teaching us and bringing us into greater levels of truth and reality? Amen? So we all have to be ready to be taught and to learn and to change what we thought was right and realize that it was wrong. But that don't, don't let that be based upon my mouth. Let that be based upon the Scriptures. In, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. How I many know that's talking about Jesus and that's a present tense statement? So as Jesus is, so are you right now. Now your conduct might not be exactly like Jesus's because remember, your body can still make mistakes. How I many you know your mind might not be exactly like Jesus's mind? I wasn't last night at the soccer game, hallelujah. But my spirit, your spirit, is just like Jesus. Scripture says that we have, we have actually the same spirit of Christ. You're a new creation in Christ. So you're perfect in Christ. Spirits of just men made perfect. But we want to take that power that's on the inside of you, we want to start to bring it on the outside of you by renewing your mind to truth. And, and you know, when you guys are familiar with this, but let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, please. And I'm just going to read you this scripture because you hear it all the time. But it says in Romans 12 and verse 2, it says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what's the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How many know that when, when depression was coming on me, that was not the will of God? But I had to renew my mind to re-embrace the fact that depression was not my zip code and where I was called to live. And after I did that, I proved the will of God in my life in that depression was not on me. Y'all tracking me here? You're going to prove the will of God by renewing your mind to truths. I don't think like I thought 20 years ago. If I still thought like I thought 20 years ago, I'd still be doing the same stupid stuff that I was doing 20 years ago. You follow me? But you know what? I've been born again and perfectly righteous for 20 years. But it's the truth that sets you free. Amen? And uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 16, it makes this tremendous statement. It says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ right now. But listen, the mind of Christ, that's in your spirit. The mind of Christ is in your spirit. 
Then if you look at James chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, He that is double-minded is unstable in all of his ways. How many know that, that your mind and your soul cannot be in agreement with the mind of Christ in your spirit? Just like when I was mad at those refs last night. My mind was not in agreement with the mind of the spirit. You know how God feels about those refs? He loves them just as much as he loves me. And he wants me to pray for them and to love them. I was not in agreement. <laughs> I'm human. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But you ever had someone in your life that just you just really didn't like because they had hurt you? All of us. How many know that God's heart towards that person is good? And how many know God loves that person? And, and God, if you will allow yourself to link up with the mind of Christ on the inside of you, then you can pray for that person who hurt you. Come on. And you know what happens? You set yourself free. I've, been, I've spent years of my life being hurt by many different people. And you know what? I don't hold aught against any of them. I've forgiven all of them. Not, and, and why? Because I've received so much forgiveness. But you know what? Me not being upset and bitter at them, you know who it set free? Me. They don't live in my head. I kicked him out. How'd you kick him out? I agreed with the mind of Christ. I took my mind and put it in the mind of Christ and said, you know what? I don't have a flesh and blood enemy. God loves this person. I'm going to start to pray for this person. If you have somebody that hurts you or uses you, pray for them. Pray for them. It'll set you free. And it actually might get them saved. You know what I'm saying? I've seen that happen. I had a boss who used to persecute me like crazy and made my life hell. And then years later, we were in outreach, and I had the honor of leading that man to the Lord. He had lost everything. He'd lost his marriage and lost his job. He was an alcoholic. He was on the streets. And I had the honor of leading him to the Lord. And so, like, when we take our mind and we link it up to the mind of Christ, great things happen. And, and, and how many of you know that's a, that's, a, that's a continual thing, hearing the truth? How many, of your, how many of your car's tires need to be realigned regularly? How many of your mind needs to be realigned? And when we hear the truth of the scriptures, you know, you don't come to church to be told to try to be somebody that you're not. You come to church to get reminded who you are. Like, this is actually who you are. You know who you are? You are love. You have peace and joy and kindness and goodness and gentleness. That's who you are. And then you come in and your spirit and your soul gets aligned. And you know what happens? Your actions start to change. And it changes your behavior. So in closing right now, righteousness can't be taken from you. Your spirit's born again. It's been sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's the best news on earth. God said, I'm going to do a work in your day that's so good, you're not even going to believe it. This is the gospel. You get born again, you're the righteousness of God. You're going to have days when your soul's going, you're going to have days when you don't feel saved. <laughs> you're going to have days when your thoughts are crazy and your emotions are crazy. You follow me? And you're going to have days even when your actions can be crazy. But the solid rock of what God's done in your spirit's a done deal. Amen. And so then there's just a time of taking forth the truth and allowing the truth, to, the washing of the water of the word to come into your mind to realign yourself so that you can prove the will of God in your life. Amen? 
But I just encourage you, don't try to get blessed. Don't try to, don't try to get healed. Don't try to get wisdom. You already got it. And I know that's a real paradigm shift and that changes the way you think. But when you start to realize that you already have it, it it'll change the results that you see. Because you're not going to be trying to earn something that you already have. And you know what starts to happen out of your mouth? Gratitude. The language of faith is gratitude. God, I just thank you. It's true. Like, it's so true. You're just like, Lord, I thank you. And then it will manifest. Amen? Amen. Praise God. All right. Amen. We're done. Father, I just, we just thank you and praise you for, thank you for truth, Lord. Thank you for renewing our minds to truth. Thank you, Lord, for helping us understand. Lord, I, I just thank you that you'd give us the, the weapons of truth to combat the lies so that we can stand pure, holy, righteous, unblameable, and perfect and know it on the inside of ourselves. And Lord, I also, Lord, I just, I thank you for helping us to by your grace and by your ability to create new places of intimacy with you in our personal life, to set aside time, Lord, to just be intimate with you and to know you. And I thank you that every veil and every lie of condemnation be completely ripped off of our minds. That there be no condemnation, Lord, that that would be a total lie. And Lord, I thank you that, that, that by your Spirit that you, that you help us to realize what we already have. I thank you, Lord, that you give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. The eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we may know our inheritance, that we may know the power, that we may know who we are. Help us to see the way you see. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need to give an offering this morning, lift your hand up and we'll get one to you. Those of you that are watching online, if you guys want to give into Grace Point, go to gracepointgeorgetown.com and uh, you guys can give that way. Just want to say thank you to everybody that gives into our ministry. We appreciate that. Appreciate your support. Um, we Our next outreach will be on October 10th, and so that will be the second Monday in October. Uh, our last outreach was awesome. We had a really good time. We actually had two people get filled with the Holy Spirit at this outreach, which that's the first time I think that's ever happened. We've seen people get saved pretty regularly, but this time people actually somebody got filled with the Holy Spirit, which was awesome. And so our next outreach will be on October 10th. We're going to do chili this time. We're going to make a bunch of chili. So if you guys want to help out with any of that, please feel free to contact me.